Everybody's been enjoying our beautiful follow-ups this year. We're getting great feedback. That's our bonus series where we follow up. We go back, we check in with a bunch of the callers that we can't forget, the ones where I wonder what happened to them. And the only place you can do that is Stitcher Premium. Stitcher Premium, you can also get a whole bunch of live shows you can't hear anywhere else. You can get your episodes ad-free. And you may notice that only the past few months of episodes are available in our back catalog. Well, guess what? At Stitcher Premium, there's over 200 episodes there. All 200 So if you want to go revisit some old favorites or you're a new listener, you want to catch up, Stitcher Premium is the place to do it. Go to stitcherpremium.com, sign up with the code STORIES for a free month trial, premium listening. That's stitcherpremium.com. The promo code is STORIES. Hello to everybody who's banned from the driving range. Beautiful anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous. It's Tuesday. So excited to be able to bring you another conversation, one hour at a time. We are exploring this world of ours, getting our stories on record in our own words. No media filter, no editing, no uh, micromanaging, just you out there phrasing your stories the way you want to phrase them. I'm lucky I get to do this show. I will be plugging this a lot. Just remember beautifulcononymous.com, May 14th, 17th, tickets on sale. This week's episode is... It bounces around from topic to topic. We got three major things I'm going to put out there. One, we talk a lot about golf, which I have to say is something that until now in my life I have not been very interested in. I will cop to that, but I found it quite fascinating to hear how this caller loves golf and is pursuing golf in a very competitive way and how it taps into a very secret, ultra-intense side of them. We also hear a lot about what it's like to be a twin all the twin stories you expect, all the how life does proceed, and you find some major differences with your twin. And then I will say we talk pretty heavily about politics. I know that sometimes listeners on the show don't love the political talk. I will let you know that it is 2020. It's on people's minds. It's obviously going to be happening more and more. And uh, I'll just remind you that we bounce between those three. This is a real three-ring circus, and uh, at the if any, if any of those topics, golf, twin stuff, or politics, interests you, it, it, we keep looping them all back around. So enjoy this call with this very interesting golfing twin. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? <coughs> oh, I heard, I heard you clear your throat. Hello? Yeah, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, I didn't, I didn't hear you say anything. What's up? Uh, what's up with me? Uh, not, not much. Enjoying life. Feeling pretty good lately. Feeling pretty good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, some stress. Some I'm stress with real life. Yeah, I'm psyched to have you. I have a little bit of stress with some big picture life stuff, but it's all, it's all towards positive ends. I'll say that. How are you? How are well, that's you? a good way to go yeah. I'm doing good. Um, getting over a cold, but ah, that sucks. I can't really let that stop me. Um, I have a big 
golf match today. I'm on the golf team at my college, and I got I to gotta beat some girls today. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we've ever had a, I mean, I don't think I've heard a, a golfer on the show yet. So you got a big golf match, and you, it sounds like you're quite competitive. You said, I got to beat some girls today. It sounds like you have like a real yeah. warrior yeah. mentality. Yeah, this is, yeah, I love being competitive, and um, right now, there's some drama on our team about who's going to travel to our tournament, because our tournament is like, it's like a five-hour plane ride away, so it's far, uh, okay. and only five girls get to go, and usually I'm one of those five girls, but um, we have some new players that want to take our spots, so... I have to defend my spot and so that I can travel. So you not not only do you need to to take down your foes at the tournament, but you need to swat away the interlopers, these underclassmen, I assume, who've shown up more recently. Yes. Yeah. Try. Yes, exactly. Which I I think is kind of bad for team chemistry to you know make us go against each other. Yeah, but look. But the way it has to be. Look, whoever's whoever can uh. Drive the ball the furthest. Whoever can stay calm under pressure, whoever's going to avoid those sand traps, your coach wants to put the best right. out of there on the green. And I do understand that as well. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so when do you find out if you get on the plane? Um, well, so probably today after. We're going we're gonna to play today. And then after that, our coach will tell us who's going. And then we leave. I think we go next Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah, we go. So today is we not the tournament. Travel. Today is the uh, culling today of the is herd. The yeah. Yes. And this is effectively, I would yeah. imagine, like seeing who gets to be a starter on the varsity team. Yeah, basically. Wow. It's the travel team. The travel team. That's what we call it. Can yeah. I? Can I ask? Are you at a Division One school? No, so I'm at a Division Three. Almost, we're we're trying to get to be Division Two. So we're at Division Three. So um, no one really cares that much. It's kind of like we're all just here to play free golf, <laughs> which makes it so much more fun. Because well, then you know it's not so much. There's not so much on the line, but we also we are pretty good. I gotta say, there's there's a little bit of a dissonance there no offense but for you to say like oh yeah it's division three no one really cares but then to also be like i gotta step up and stomp some girls it seems like that's yeah that's, yeah <laughs> you're taking it awfully serious for division three see i i look at it more like this is just for fun like being competitive for fun i don't know if that makes sense competitive like person. it doesn't really matter what was that you're a competitive person Yes, I am a I'm a competitive person. I that probably um, stems from the fact that I have an identical twin sister, and I always have to be better than her. But um, uh, I would say <laughs> um, I I just like to be competitive, and it's fun, even though it doesn't matter. And sometimes that actually hurts me. Sometimes it kind of gets in my way. But now, does your twin yeah, sister just, golf? No, she does not. Do you hold that over her head? Family. Yes, I do. I, I I do hold it over her head a little bit. I play college sports, but it's just golf, so it's not really that big of a deal. Are you guys at the same college? 
No, we're about um, an hour and a half away from each other. Damn. We we went to school together all our lives, and then we decided we need to be our own people. Now and d- we went to different colleges. Does she have anything in her life that's her equivalent of golf that she holds over your head? Like, is she an amazing guitar player or something? And that you always you always have to hear about that. Um, there's we're very different. So she's like really talkative. We we also we're the same major. We're both politics majors. Uh huh. And she's super outgoing and talkative, and um, she's always in like activist groups. And she's leading protests, like, at her school. And she, like, uses her voice, like, a lot. And she's able to, like, gain um, a lot of support. And I I can't really say where she lives, but it's a big city. Mm -hmm. And um, she kind of has that going for her. She's been doing that since high school, too. She's, like, activism. And even though I'm a politics major, I just can't really... I'm not very outgoing. And I... I don't. I don't think I've ever like been to any protests and stuff. So that's usually what, like, you know, at Thanksgiving dinners, it's all about that and her, what she's doing with politics, and then it's, and then what I'm doing with golf or something. Yeah. So it sounds to me like your interest in politics. If I had to guess, you're more interested in like, let's get in the back room, let's make a deal. I'm going to get my amendments added to a bill and we're going to push this thing through. Yes, that's exactly it. That's I'm like, <laughs> I want to go into politics like behind the scenes, the one who actually gets the things done and then she's like, oh, you know, the people have the power, so she, which is true. We have the same exact political beliefs. Like, obviously, I don't know. We, we came from like a somewhat conservative family and me and my sister both, popped out to be as liberal as you could be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, we're both like going at it like different ways to try to make change. We're coming at it from different sides. And she's like, yeah, I love that. So she's your twin sister is like, let's get the grassroots going. Let's get the people rising up. Let's put the power back in the hands of the common folk. And you're like, get me in the room where it happens so I can win at this too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it's like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you're, com- you're competitive with your own sister. You're competitive with your own teammates. You're competitive with your foes out on the green. Do you, def- you, do you define yep. yourself by your competitive nature? Is that like the number one way you would describe yourself? Mm, it's funny because I like do not come across that way at all. I, a lot of people would like describe me as just super chill and doesn't really care and just kind of goes with the flow. But like, that's, that's why I, I'm saying this now is this is completely anonymous. I deep down and like, I don't, I don't express it at all. Uh, I am very competitive. I know I'm super competitive. Wow. Um, so everybody like, thinks you're yeah, chill and then right behind yeah. your eyes, you're putting everybody on blast. Everybody's in your crosshairs. You're taking people out in your mind. Well, Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. I love I'm just it. honestly try. I just try to have fun. I just try to make the most of my experience here, and I don't know. 
Now I've always it heard there's a phrase, something along the lines of the golf course is where the deals really happen. Do you feel like this is part of your interest yeah. in golf and politics? Yeah. What I always say is you don't, you don't um, make it, you don't do business on the golf course. You decide if you want to do business with that person on the golf course. That's badass. You're badass. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of, I don't know. The person you are on the golf course is like who you really are in my experience, in my opinion. So I like use golf. Like I think golf is like the greatest metaphor for life, even though I'm super biased because I love golf either way. But like everything that I, you know, learn in golf, I'm able to apply it something, some way to life. Just like the the predicaments you get yourself into and um, the people you have to deal with, especially and, um, you know, when you're not doing well, how to make the best of it still. And when you're doing good, how to still stay level, not get too ahead of yourself. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna want you to explain this to me because uh, I've never, I, I think I've played golf. I think I some friends of mine in L.A. used to play and they brought me on like a nine-hole course one time in my life and I didn't get it. And to my knowledge, I may still be banned at a driving range on Route 46 in Wayne, New Jersey because of some shenanigans. <laughs> Why? What did you do? Well, I'll tell you what, because I've been to the driving range a bunch of times, and I've never really told anybody this, but it turns out I, like, I, I'm not trained, but I can really smack the shit out of the ball. Sorry, Sally. To yeah, say, you, you got a natural swing? Not a natural, because I'll say about, you know, uh, uh most of the time, it's like going off to one of the sides or the other. Is that a slice when it goes in the direction you don't want it to? When it goes to the right, you call that a slice, yeah. What about when it goes to the left? That would be a hook. I'm out here slicing and hooking a lot of the time, so I'm not going to pretend I'm not. <laughs> but when I get under this thing, I'll, I'll smash it into the net every once in a while. Because uh, you know why? Okay. Because you know what I just instinctively learned? And you tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I instinctively sensed this. Like many physical activities, really, it's all in the hips. Yeah, you are exactly right. I could feel it. This You're not hitting that ball with your biceps or your shoulders or anything. You're hitting this ball with your hips, baby. And I picked up yeah, on no, that. It, it, it's the hip movement. I mean, my, my arms are so skinny. There's no absolutely no muscle in them. But I can still hit the ball just as far as someone who has muscles in their arms because uh, it's just your hip movement. That's got to feel good. You ever get out there on the, uh, you ever get out there at the tee and you're there with some like, uh, some guy who hits the gym all the time and he thinks, he thinks he's going to smack it further and then, but he, but he's sitting here trying to muscle it out and then you, uh, you, you smash it 50 yards further than he does. And in your mind, you're like, I just took you out. You son of a, yeah, it, it's a great feeling when <laughs> I hit it just as far or farther than. Uh, middle-aged men who play golf. <laughs> I love that. All the time. <laughs> Take it out. I mean, you play me someday. I'm a. I think if you're 39, are you middle-aged? Is middle, 39 middle-aged? Getting up there. Someday, maybe we'll mm, play golf together, and uh, you'll beat the hell out of me. You'll feel great about yourself. So, any. I used to go to this driving range in Wayne, New Jersey, with a couple friends of mine in high school. It was a fun thing we used to do, and. uh a couple of my friends from my neighborhood were troublemakers. My neighborhood generally a nice enough neighborhood, but it was, I think, one of the main sources of the troublemakers in my town. And it will not be surprising to you that we, A, 
actively aimed for the guy in the cart that scoops up the balls. Actively went after that oh, thing. Yeah. Every time I was out there, I'm, I'm trying to put the fear of God in this guy. And uh, <laughs> then we also realized that there were a, a bunch of, uh, that if you go on the nets on the outside, that a lot of the golf balls get caught on the outside and we're going out there trying to steal a bunch for no real reason outside of just stealing a thing because we were teenagers. Right. And we got yelled at for that. And then I went in and it had like, I think a lot of driving ranges have like a little um, like set of uh, mini greens, right? Or mini, what are they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little practice green. Practice, so you can practice your putting. And uh, yeah. I went to sign up for the uh, putting green and they already had like yelled at me and my friends twice. And instead of letting the guy just hand me a putter, I kind of like showing off for my friends waltz back behind the desk to just grab a putter because I don't own my own, obviously, let alone when I'm 16 or 17 years old. And there must have been what? I mean, you've seen these racks, probably 100 putters all hanging from the thing. Mm-hmm. I knocked every single one of them down. When I say every oh. single one of them hit the floor, I was a klutz. And I wasn't trying to do that, but they thought I was. And me and my friends were told, never come back here again. That is really funny because at golf courses, there it's mostly people who are are just trying to be super like quiet and elegant and like ah oh, like let's go putt or whatever, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of putters crash. That that would make me laugh really hard. I would be really entertained well, if I was there. <laughs> you and I both know that if you're you know you're at a putting you're at a driving range on a Friday night because it was a weekend. It was a Friday or Saturday. You're probably, right. you're probably, like you said, the demo, largest demographic, middle-aged guys, they've probably been working hard nine yeah. to five all week long. They just want to uh-huh. go smash some balls for the weekend <laughs> so they can get their rage out and hang right. out with their families rage-free. The last thing they want to see is me and my two goony 16-year-old friends. As soon as we walk in the door, they're probably like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like you guys had more fun. We did that night. We, you know, you hate to say, but when you're a teenage boy, ruining other people's fun is one of the most fun activities when you're a 16 year old boy. Ah, yeah, that that would make sense. That checks out. Now I've (laughs) heard, I've heard rumor, and you tell me if this is true or not. I've heard that there's like a big upswing in parents encouraging their daughters to take up golf at a young age, because due to Title IX um, laws in place in college athletics and because traditionally golf is, I think more of a thing that fathers pass on to their sons historically, that there's a lot of room to get scholarships in golf for, for, uh, for young ladies. Is this true? Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, I didn't start until I was 15 and I, cause it was also, yeah, my dad got me into it. My dad had played my whole life and he kind of got us and me and my, I have two sisters. He got me and my other sisters both into it when we were younger, but none of us really stuck with it. Um, but a lot of the girls that I encounter in uh, NCAA tournaments are like, they've been playing since they were three or four and, you know, their dad is at every single tournament. And um, it's, I don't even, it doesn't even seem like they like golf. It's just their dad pushed them since they were young. And, and golf for women, golf is is a good sport to um, get a scholarship. That's definitely true because um, they need they need to give out the same number of scholarships to girls as to boys. And 
you know, if a, a college has a football team, that's a lot of boys getting a scholarship, and there's no there's no girls football team, so you know, disperse it and oh, give it to golfers. You got a scholarship? So, yeah, people definitely. Uh, no, I, I don't have a scholarship in Division Three. We don't do that. Ah, uh, that's they a just recruited us. They did. You got so you got yeah, actively like, recruited. Yeah, they just recruit us and be like, "Come to this school. Um, it's great. We can't give you any money, but it's a good school." And that was enough for me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I like that. This, I'm going to the school I was I wanted to go to anyways, and um, yeah. So the fact that I could play on the golf team just was like an added bonus. And now tell me, as a competitive person, so you've been playing, you said you're an upperclassman, so you've been playing for a few years. Mm-hmm. When you go on, the, you're flying all over the country to do these tournaments. Very yeah. competitive person. Are we talking you're coming in first place? Uh, where, are you com- where are you coming in on a regular basis? Oh, no. No, I'm like in the middle. I'm a very average player. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I, the, like, I'm fine with how I play because... I've only been playing for five years. Yeah, five years. And um, I, you could say I progressed very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point now where I can beat my dad, and that's all I really care about. Um, <laughs> I can beat my dad and, the, and, and most of the girls on my team. Like, the, out of the top five players that travel, I'm number three. So I'm right in the middle. And so, then, so then in the tournaments, I end up right in the middle. <laughs> so you're the third. So when you are, when you are fiercely competitive and profoundly average, that might be. I would imagine that can be a frustrating combination. It's like frustrating, yes. But the girls who are better than me are so much better. It's like I can't really be competitive with them. You know, it's like, like. It's the girls who have been playing since they were three or four because their dad has been pushing them too. Yeah, and and like I, they they usually see golf differently. Like golf is just for fun. for me, it's just a competitive outlet. But for them, it's like this is all they have. Yeah, and it's definitely not all that I have. It's just for fun. So when you got these so. freshmen and sophomores looking to take your spot, if you're third in the pecking order, this is ac- this is actually a thing that could happen. Yes, I'm. I'm nervous that next year these <laughs> freshmen are going to come in <laughs> and take my spot. <laughs> Sorry to laugh, but the the reveal no, after <laughs> when you've spent we're 20 minutes into this call and so much of it been like golf is my thing. I'm really competitive. I'll take people's heads off out there. It's the, it's yeah. And then to find out, and I am the third best on my team, and there is a high probability that a freshman could come in with a lot more experience. And yeah, that oh, is yeah. a hilarious reveal. I feel like I'm motivated to spend all summer at the golf course, making sure a freshman doesn't take my spot. There's so much conviction in that, real, actual conviction. Watch out for freshmen, everybody. Hey, we got ads. Let's check them out. Be right back. When you're busy, like we all are, the first thing that falls to the bottom of the list tends to be taking care of yourself. People tend to say, I don't have time or money for that. But Talkspace Online Therapy is the most convenient and affordable way to get the support of a licensed therapist. 
Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences with thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties available. Send your licensed therapist texts, audio, picture, or video messages from your phone or computer whenever you need to. You don't have to make appointments. Everything happens within Talkspace's secure platform, all on your schedule. Therapy turned my life around. I started doing it when I was 23 years old and I turned 40 this year. It's a massively important thing in my life. I know so many people who say the same thing and I'm so happy that Talkspace has been not just a supporter of this show, but a supporter of finding modern ways to allow people to take care of their mental health. What a beautiful thing. The bottom line is that life can be hard and Talkspace wants to give more of us a chance to get the support we need at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code BEAUTIFUL to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's BEAUTIFUL at Talkspace.com. Thanks so much to our advertisers for supporting the show. Now let's get back to golf, twins, and politics. And then to find out, and I am the third best on my team, and there is a high probability that a freshman could come in with a lot more experience. And yeah. That oh, is yeah. a hilarious okay. reveal. Okay. I'm glad I can make you laugh. But here's the thing. I, the fact that like I'm nervous that these freshmen are going to take my spot, uh, I will spend all summer at the golf course making sure <laughs> that they don't take my spot and getting better. Yeah. Because I started out as number five, and then I worked my way up. Ooh, so you three. took somebody out, and now you've been taking people out one at a time ahead of you. I, yeah, I've been taking people out. So <laughs> now I just got to make sure that the new guys don't take me out <laughs> somehow. And what are the strengths and, and weaknesses uh, then, in your game? Um, strengths? Um, uh, I don't know. I'm just able to... I guess they call it scramble where you don't hit every shot good, but you somehow end up with a par still because it's basically short game. It all comes down to short game, which is like chipping and putting. Um, my long shots, they can go anywhere. And as long as I get it around the green, I can get it in the hole pretty easily. That's probably my strength. Um, the short game weaknesses. Weaknesses is that I, I get tired easily and <laughs> it's mental game. Actually mental game is my weakness because um, I mean, most of the listeners on this podcast struggle with mental illness. I'm definitely one of them. Um, like anxiety is, it has stopped me from competing before just cause I get so nervous Again, um, again, another dichotomy that doesn't match up with what, what I believed. Yeah, I've actually thought a lot about this. Like, the fact that I'm so competitive, but then I struggle so heavily with anxiety. It's like, the competitiveness is who I'm, you know, really supposed to be. I'm supposed to go out and try to win. But then this anxiety is kind of like this, you know. I, I call it like an autoimmune disorder. I'm like attacking myself for no reason. Um because I shouldn't really be nervous, shouldn't have this anxiety, but then 
because, like, I know I can compete and do well, which is, like, the fact that I am number three and that I can beat other girls is, like, the reason why, like, that's good enough for me is because anxiety is, is so hard to get over, especially in golf. And so I would say, yeah, that's kind of where that dichotomy comes from. I feel like you're just trying to get over anxiety. I feel like you just summed up what it's like to be a young person in 2020. Like I know I'm supposed yeah, to that, be able to go out there and win and dominate, but the uh, the anxiety is messing with my guts. I feel like that demonstrates everything that's changing about sort of the American myth as we speak. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of like just questions about that. About why why is that how young people are now? Like, was it not ever? Was it not like that for you when you were? My age. Oh, I mean, if you know anything about, if you ever watch my HBO special, I talk a lot about my early twenties, and I was a lot. I was a yeah. lot like you, except I wasn't third place at anything. I was the fifth place person <laughs> in most areas of my life, and had five times the amount of anxiety anybody else around me had. Ten times the amount of anxiety everybody else around me had. Spent days curled up in the dark on the floor of my bedroom in college, just uh, wondering why I existed. So I was an early adopter. I, I think my generation uh, still clung to a sense of toughness that I think your generation is maybe happily trading in as a less of a priority. And I was an early adopter of being an uh, anxiety-wracked 20-something who couldn't sort out uh, why life was the way it was. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at too. Is the, I'm understanding the way the world works now, and I don't really like it all that much. Yeah. It uh, kind of frustrates me and especially being a politics major and I mean all of the stuff happening in politics right now it just really disappoints me. What aspects and, disappoint and you then, the most as someone who's learning about it currently? Um I I think that the constitution is not even being upheld at all anymore. I mean, Trump is our president, and the 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 way that our—I mean, the Iowa caucus just just—I like went to sleep just so sad that our party couldn't put that together, couldn't do that, and and um, the impeachment, the whole thing that they acquitted him without even having any witnesses. They didn't listen to the subpoenas, which is like. You know, our government is supposed to work that way for a reason. Like, it's supposed to give other people power. It can't just be this one guy with all this power. And then the Democratic Party, you know, the DNC is like, has this weird issues going on with the caucuses that it all comes down to power. And um, even though I'm a competitive person going back to that individually, I think that my competitiveness is actually um, a downfall for me because I strongly believe in democratic socialism and basically equality and that no individual, basically that um, strong individuals come from strong communities, not strong individuals make strong communities. And um, that's like really where I struggle the most with um, being disappointed in the way our system works basically capitalism i don't know i just went off that that rant right there no, but, I, yeah 
I like hearing it. I will say the caucuses as as someone who uh as someone who has voted Democrat my whole life, it was like, well, we just handed them the very easy and somewhat true talking point of you know this uh, super elaborate healthcare system that these people want the government to take over? They can't even get this caucus uh, sorted out remotely. Right? Yeah, it's like, I mean, and you can't really argue with that of like, hey, you want these people running your healthcare when this caucus went the way it yeah, did? It's, it's hard. It's hard to not, not in agreement begrudgingly at that. What a mess. Yeah. What a mess. It's so disappointing. I mean, I'm literally right now wearing a shirt that says Medicare for all. But, yeah. like, how is that even going to work when the Democrats can't even count votes from a caucus? The image of you going yeah. out onto the Green later to try to swat away <laughs> the people coming for your spot on the team, and then you got to smash this ball, and you got to get to that short game, and then you're going to turn around and look them in the eye to intimidate them, and they're going to just take a deep breath and say, Medicare for all. You're really trying to, yeah. for somebody yeah. who believes in socialized medicine, you're really trying to crush me right now. Oh, it is fun wearing my Bernie shirt <laughs> on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot, a lot of, of his fun. his values of community and uh, connecting everybody doesn't totally match up with, I am very into an individual sport uh, defined by the idea that people make capitalist deals out there on the golf course and mm -hmm. crush each yeah. other. A weird conflict yeah, of values there. Another, another little contradiction that I struggle with in my life. <laughs> Playing an individual, such an individual sport, but like I love Bernie so much. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes I feel guilty about it. I don't think um, you should feel guilty about it. Have you ever hit a hole in one? No, I have not. Ooh, I've that, come close. That must feel so good. Yeah, I've also never seen anyone in real life, in person, hit a hole in one. Really? So the time, the day I see that is going to be really cool. To or the me, day that I do it myself. If it's it's dunking a basketball, it's hitting a home run, it's getting a hole in one. Those yeah. are the three things that it's like, those must feel so good. And I've never done any of them. Yeah. And I never will. I never will. You might get a hole in one. You got to keep playing golf for Don't me. Don't think that way. You got, no, listen. Yeah, you think I'm going to dunk a basketball at the age of 39? <laughs> you think I'm going to go out into a baseball field? I was, the when I played baseball as a kid, I literally used to cry because I was so bad. I would cry. And it filled me with so much stress. Oh. And then after, I think after like seventh grade, I said to my parents, I really don't like baseball. And they were like, well, then why don't you stop playing? And I was like, I'm allowed I'm allowed to just make that choice? They were like, yeah, no, it seems like you like basketball a lot better anyway. And I was like, yeah, I can keep playing basketball and never have to play baseball again. I don't think I've touched a baseball bat since the day I quit. What an embarrassment oh. I was. I'm, you, I'm, you think I'm going to grab a bat now and <laughs> smash one 450 feet? Well, I guess it's not for everyone. I've never hit a baseball. Yeah, don't baseballs for the birds. Baseball, math, and dogs. These are the things. Now people are gonna get mad at me too. How can you? Oh hate? yeah, you don't like dogs. I don't dislike dogs. Dogs are fine. I guess I'm gonna get a dog. Everybody lately wants me to get a dog on the show. I don't. I. You might be a listener to the show. Are you aware of what I look like? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I follow you on social media. I, I'm a big fan. Well, thank you so much. But you have to agree. The well, idea that I'm going to develop athletic prowess now, come on. Let's, be, let's both be honest about this. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you found your little area, though, in comedy and podcasts and whatnot. So that's, you found a different area that you excel in. Yeah, whatever, whatever the uh, phone call equivalent of dunking a basketball is, I figured that out. Now, who's, yeah, you, you definitely no. dunked the basketball with Beautiful Anonymous. So. <laughs> yes, I, I, I dunked the basketball with a progressively more outdated an obsolete form of communication. I've nailed that. Now, who's your favorite golfer and who's your favorite politician? Sounds like Bernie is at the front of the pack. Yeah, okay. Favorite golfer? Probably um, Lydia Ko or Lexi Thompson for women and um, Dustin Johnson for the guys. I don't know if you know who that is. I know who none of these people but, are. Okay, yeah. I didn't expect you to, but they just have very good swings. I don't know what type of people they are. They just have good swings. And then um, politics, I really like Bernie, obviously, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know her? She's my representative. I'm in her district. How jealous are oh, you right now? Yeah. I'm so jealous. That's so cool. I met her. I think I told this story on the show once. but. Ah. When she was running, I walked out of my house. I was going to the beach wearing a pink bathing suit, and she was standing on my corner with Susan Sarandon. And someone in her staff who was standing there recognized me, and I've never felt more humiliated in my life. Oh, what? That's so cool, though. I was wearing a straw hat and a pink bathing suit. I never dress for the beach. I always wear my bathing suit <laughs> under my jeans, and I walk onto the beach in my dream, in my jeans. The rare times I even go to the beach. Now I got to meet AOC and S Susan Sarandon. But yeah, she was just somebody out there pounding the pavement, shaking hands. Dude, she, she's a cool person. She's so normal. Yeah, I... Uh, a, a, a lot of people do not like her. She's very divisive. She's really interesting. She, she is very divisive, yeah. But I love her. She's definitely inspired me more. Actually, she she's... I, I'm double majoring in politics and economics because of her, because that's what her degree is in, politics and economics. Wow. Role model. Role model for the, uh, yeah. for the youth. Yeah, she's a role model. I think mm -hmm. that's cool. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, who's um, your favorite politician that's also known for playing golf? Because I will point out, you have, you have said you don't like Donald Trump, but he plays a lot of golf. He does play a lot of golf, and he's actually good at golf, which is annoying. Um, <laughs> have you ever I fantasized? Like, I really dislike that. Have you fantasized what? about getting out on the green with him and, and trying to take him out? Yeah, I've joked about it with my teammates. If we were to ever play with Donald Trump, what we, what we would say to him on the golf course. What are we thinking here? Uh, I mean... You don't decide. You you don't do business on the golf course. You decide if you want to do business on the golf course. But I already know I don't really want to do business with Trump. So I would just I would just say a bunch of shit to I don't know. There's not much you can say to him. Oh, sorry, Sally. That's okay. But would you would you wait till he's like winding up? Is it winding up on his swing? What is the terminology here? Yeah, in his backswing. Oh, during his backswing, I used to say, "Good luck." 
Really? I would just... That's all, that'll, that's what I like to say to my dad. Right on his back swing, I just say, good luck. And then it, it trips him out. I feel like you should just be like, wait till he's in his backswing and be like, you cheated on your wife with porn stars and paid the National Enquirer to cover it up. How did you get away with that and still have the support of the Family <laughs> Values Party and see how that goes during his backswing? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one to say. I'll have to keep that in mind yeah. for when I, if I ever see him on the golf course. You'd like wait until he's just about to go for a chip shot and he's super concentrating and you're like, why'd you mock that disabled reporter? And like just say stuff like that right before he swings. Yeah, say yeah. stuff to really get in his head, you know? Yeah, kids in cages. Right as he's trying to swing. He's very, uh, it's very interesting that he's, I mean, I bet, I wonder if he's like strong-minded in that way. Because on the golf course, you can crumble apart so easily. So I do I do wonder if, if he can get intimidated or like if someone can say something yeah. to him that gets in his head ever. <laughs> Seems like nothing can get in the guy's head. I don't get it. I yeah. don't know. I don't want to rant too much. But once someone says you can grab them by the pussy, it just feels like right there you don't get to be president. But that was four years ago, and I guess you do. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. There's there's so many. Yeah, there's so much stuff we could talk about about Trump, about him not. Yeah, but I think we're in agreement on that. Now, how do you feel about the... I feel like if any politicians are listening right now and they're going, I've got this super motivated political science and economics major who's extraordinarily competitive and wants to take people out. I want this person on my team. Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I, while I was just telling you about all the politics stuff, I was thinking, wow, a lot of listeners are probably thinking... This is just some young college student who's who's been fueled by the liberal, you know, college mind. Because mm-hmm. that's what most of my family members say. Yeah. So I don't know. I never know if you know my beliefs and you know what how I act is like is actually meaningful or just because I'm a college student who is in this growing up in this time right now. I don't know. I think it's well. Here's the thing. Why has it become so in vogue? to uh, dismiss, like, you're, once you turn 18, you have a vote, and therefore your opinion matters. Why is it so invoked to dismiss that? I don't quite get it. Don't quite get it. You're right. I, I have a vote is equal to anybody else. And I've heard people of the generation uh, that gave birth to me go, you hear people go, oh, these young college kids trying to change everything. And it's like, oh, really? Because uh, you're my parents' generation, and you guys were anti the anti-Vietnam movement. You were the feminist movement you were the you're the civil rights movement so you guys were out there in the streets doing it why do you roll your eyes at people who are trying to do it now i don't get it yeah if they're if they're not trying to make change somebody else has soon when did we become, be when did we become so cynical i need you i need the people like <laughs> you i need the people like you who are still fresh-faced and not cynical yet who still have the fire in your guts I don't want to make you guys feel like you're not allowed to speak up. I want you guys to feel like you've got to speak up because people like me need to listen. You're right. You're right. That's, that's part of the reason why I love Bernie so much is because he, he says, you know, this is the young people's fight right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. Because, I mean, I'm going to have student debt, but if Bernie's president, it doesn't look like I'm going to have student debt. 
No, but let's. So, <laughs> okay, now people are going to start getting. So let's think about the real issues. That's just kind of something that I just thought of. But like the real, you know, social issues like Medicare and stuff. Like, okay, that's the stuff I have. Now people are going to get mad, and some people are, and I get it. And, and some people also listen to podcasts for escapism, and they're going to turn it off during political talk. And you know, and that's fine. And that's fine. I'll see you next you're week right. if that's one of you. You're right. But can I ask you a question? Because you're a political science and economics major, and a Bernie supporter. And here's my big question. And I don't know who I'm supporting. I'm supporting whoever is against Trump. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows that. But you just said, if if Bernie gets in, I won't have no student debt anymore. My big question is, is, that's, it's not like one person gets in and snaps their fingers and changes stuff that quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. So how is that really going to work? And that I guess that's my question is, he's describing the world I want to live in, but it's not the world I live in now. And one question, here's a question I have for you that I think is very valid to a young progressive, is how come people who identify as progressives are so put off by incremental progress? You know what I mean by that? May I point out, you all just heard me take forever to ask that question in an effort to not get all the super passionate Bernie people mad at me. We all heard me sensitively dancing around it so that I'm not, nobody lashes out. Oh, politics so touchy in 2020. Anyway, we got ads. Capitalism, check them out. We'll be right back. If you're getting eight hours a night, which you should, that means a third of your life is spent in sheets. So you, you need these bad boys to be comfortable. Home of the internet's favorite sheets, Brooklinen's got over 50,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. And they have moved beyond the bedroom. They now offer essentials for your bathroom. Ultra soft loungewear makes you feel like you never left bed. You guys have heard me for years. I have been sleeping on Brooklinen sheets. I really love them. Also, I just got myself some Brooklinen towels. And these things are, they're the best towels I've ever actually had in my house. You can hear it from my voice. I'm giggling because I'm about to say a sentence that is both true and ridiculous. I am obsessed with my Brooklyn and towel. I get sad when it goes in the laundry and I can't use it for a while. If you like softness, you like comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklyn and has it all. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to hit refresh in the new year. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. You get 10% off your first order and free shipping on the all-new sheet when you use promo code STORIES only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And hey, New Yorkers, if you're listening... You can get the internet's favorite sheets and more in real life. You visit Brooklinen's first store in Brooklyn. It's at 127 Kent Ave in Williamsburg. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Thank you again to all of our advertisers contributing to a capitalist society. Now let's get back to the phone call. How come people who identify as progressives... are so put off by incremental progress. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. You know how, how things take time. You can't just go in there and, yeah, like you said, snap your fingers and things change. 
I feel like I see on my social media feeds amongst people who I really like and people who I really respect, people who share values with me. They get pissed off at the idea that that might happen over time instead of tomorrow. Yeah. And that's kind of just like the whole immediate happiness thing that people want these days. Like, I understand things don't really get done. I've been following politics for like since I was like 15 now. Not a lot really gets done ever. So. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But you're right. A lot of people tuning into this show might not want to hear my whole uh, political rant because I get it. I get real tired of politics too, even even though I'm a politics major. I have to turn off the news a lot just because I'm so sick of it. I mean, I, I barely even regard myself as a heavily political person and I still read about it obsessively today. But yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, yeah, it's tough to not get burnt out, and not feel hopeless right now. But who knows? I know. Maybe someone, maybe someone on some side, even if it's even if someday a Republican president can make us feel a sense of hope and a sense that things can move forward. I feel like that would be such a nice change of pace. Yeah, just a sense of hope that we can move forward. Now, did you ever? Um, did you ever switch with your identical twin sister and take tests on each other's behalf in subjects that you're stronger at? You can be honest. It's anonymous. Yeah, we actually, we did. What? <laughs> we did do that in high school. What? Um, see, okay, we, we look like a lot. We look very similar. Um, Are you identical twins? We're identical, yeah. Yes, so you do look similar, yes. We look very similar, yeah. And I don't think we've ever had a teacher that could tell us apart. Because we always had the same teachers. Yeah. And so I, I used to take her history test, and she used to take my math test. Yes. And Ooh, then, if I had an identical twin who could have taken my math tests, my life would have been yeah. so much better. That's amazing. And you never got caught. No, we never got caught. And then one, but then one time, I remember I got her a better grade on one of the history tests than myself. And so I stopped doing it. I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. You got a better grade than me. The competitive side of you couldn't handle that you got a higher score than yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because it was in her name. So you went in and beat yourself at a test and then got mad that you had been bested, even though you were bested by you. Yeah. That's that's a a good way to put it. And what would would you guys have to wear? Did any of your teachers ever go like, hey, how come every time there's a big test, you two show up wearing the same outfit? You ever have one of those? No. The thing, they were like scared because they all the teachers were always scared of getting us mixed up. They were scared they were going to say the wrong name. So they just didn't talk to us. They didn't say anything to us. Mm. So like we were like invincible basically when we switched invincible. places invincible yeah no one no one would say anything to us and then if if they ever did which they never did um i would just say why do you always get me mixed up with my twin like we're not even that similar and then they would feel bad and is this like something you would tell friends to brag or was it a a closely guarded secret um yeah i think we told our friends i think i i remember telling actually our, our math teacher i i told my math teacher at the end of the year 
I was like, you know, me, me and we used to switch places. <laughs> And she, there was like nothing she could do about it. She was a chill teacher. She didn't really mind. So when you'd already graduated or when it was already like everything's yeah, locked in? Yeah. And this teacher's not yeah, going like to want to go through I, the I'm pain in the ass of reporting you at the end of the, the goddamn year? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Living the dream. Yeah, that was that was really fun to switch places. And how? We used to play on a basketball team together and people would get, the other team would get mixed up. Really? Yeah. I remember a couple instances where we would have like two people guarding, like two people would be guarding me. Oh, nice. Because they thought I was the other one. And would you wear and like. They'd realize, wait, there's two of them. And like you'd wear number uh, 17 and your sister would wear 71 and you'd like. Oh, keep didn't it. think about that. Yeah. We could have done that. Next time. Next time you're on a competitive basketball team together. <laughs> And now what some let's talk about some of the other uh twin some of the other big stereotypical twin questions. Did you ever date another okay. set of twins or was there ever any drama with a love interest mixing you up with one another? No. Um No. I do remember some like other, throughout like middle school guys would be like like oh, I like both of you. Like I would want to date both of you. And we'd just be like, screw off, you're weird. But <laughs> other than that, like, we never dated any twins. <laughs> we never had, real, like, the person we were dating never mixed us up or anything. And you never had a crush on the same person? No. Well, that's interesting because actually we, she identifies as straight and I identify as gay. So we would never really like the same person anyways. That, yeah, that, that helps draw a line in the sand that makes it a little, a little easier. Yeah, that differentiates us, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That'll that'll do it. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, like our our um like fashion identity, I guess you could say, is really different. So when you would switch up the tests, would you have to dress up in each other's clothes? We would just wear like similar things. Like I was supposed to wear a black sweatshirt and jeans. Right, something. right. You just meet in an ambiguous middle ground, fashion-wise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, being a twin is pretty cool. What are the other advantages of being a twin that I don't know about? Um, I mean, I, the best thing for me is it's like a built-in best friend. Like, we've been best friends since we were born, and I don't remember, like, becoming best friends with her. But, you know, now we talk on the phone every single day and we just, we're so similar, like in our ways, like, like we're just super, I don't even know how to explain it. But like, whenever I have an issue, I call her and she's like, I'm having that issue also. Yeah. Like our minds work really similarly. So it's cool to be able to go through life and know that she is kind of having similar thought of me that must be nice me and my bro i have one brother me and him used to punch each other in the face probably three times a week growing up solid legit i'm not exaggerating <laughs> oh yeah physical strikes we still punch each other really yeah even though your best friends oh, connected yeah, we, on your mind waves yes we are connected on our mind waves but we physically will hurt each other and how bad do you want to win in all those fights 
pretty bad. We get, <laughs> we get, you think I'm competitive. Oh man, I am so competitive with my twin sister, like physically. We, we used to play every night we used to wrestle when we were growing up. Like, <laughs> I, I used to be like, well, we were always super skinny. We were the same weight because we're twins. So it was like the most equal fight ever. <laughs> so both of us would just want to win. <laughs> but yeah. That must be a very, uh, very jarring image, I would imagine, for anyone who comes upon it. Like if you got in a fight in public, like let's say you're in a park and someone comes around the corner and they're like, there's two identical humans r- wrestling each other right now with a bloodthirsty rage. Yeah. Yeah, and we used to fight. I remember we used to get into arguments at school, like in the hallways, and people would like stare at us, like, like kind of laughing, like that's weird. Now, can I ask you a sensitive question? And maybe there's nothing here. Yeah, sure. But when you, when you realized that you identified, you said gay or queer. I want to be very respectful. Gay. I don't care though. I identify as anything really. Now, when you when you are coming to terms with that as you grow into an adult, <laughs> is your sister the first person you speak with about that? Um, she no, actually, she was the first person in my family that I told. Yes, um, but that that happened with one of my other good friends. I uh, I didn't really come out until like a year and a half ago. And that was one of my one of my roommates that I kind of was best friends with. That we I told her first because she was also gay. And there's I mean there's six of us in where I live in the apartment, and so I basically figured that out with all my roommates, and then told well I I told them, and then I told my sister, and she was like, yeah, I know. She knew. Well, yeah, I mean you two, so, as you said, you have a a mind meld where you feel the same thing. So if anyone's going to sense where your rhythms are at, I'd imagine it's your sister. Yeah. Yeah. And like the way that we um, would behave, like literally since we were three years old, like I would go, I would be like wearing like a boy's shirt or something and she'd be wearing a dress. And like, it was just kind of obvious to her. Like "Mm, she's, she's not really like me, like in that sense. Yeah. That's the one thing like we're not really similar on. So, yeah, she definitely picked up on that. But and you said you come from. Really, oh, go for it! You didn't really what? Oh, I was gonna say I didn't ever identify as, as gay until I left home. So, yeah. And you said you came from a conservative family. Do you feel like you kind of needed to get out and spread your own wings before you fully embrace that? Yeah, definitely. Like where I came from was kind of like. Um, we didn't know any gay people in my family. And my parents would always say, like, I don't really care. You can do whatever you want. And then when I actually, when I, when I went away to college, because now I live in a very liberal place and my school is super liberal, um, it's totally different. It's like, like, I thought my parents were accepting until I came here and realized they weren't really accepting. They were just kind of tolerant. And so it was a lot easier to come out here and and then come back home and be like, this is actually who I am. 
Yeah. I mean, do you think? Yeah. I'm gonna ask a question. This is a, like mm -hmm. I said, a topic I always want to be respectful of. I'm so happy to hear that you found an environment where it felt accepting and safe. Mm -hmm. Do you think your parents had to wrap their heads more around you being gay or you being a Bernie Sanders supporter? Which one do you think, as a conservative family, uh, was was har think, harder? For them that's to a good question. Wrap their heads I think <laughs> for for my mom, it was probably it's definitely the fact that I'm gay. She she took a long time to process that, um, but she she loves me. I know. And then for my dad. I think it was the fact that I was a Bernie supporter because <laughs> my dad, he's a, he's a Republican and um, he doesn't, we don't talk about the fact that I'm gay, really. It just, it's not really on his radar for issues that he cares about for my life. It's more like, am I going to be set, you know, like financially, am I going to have a good life, like career and stuff? Um, so the fact that I am a Bernie supporter, we get into some heavy debates out on the table. golf because you play golf with him you said oh yeah i do yeah on the golf course we talk about it too do you have any sort of rule that's like yeah. we can't talk about politics for the first seven holes we have to just not have this fight for all 18 holes uh, we we do try to we don't have any rules but like we can <laughs> tell when we're getting a little bit too much too into politics we're like all right we're here on the golf course let's enjoy the golf course uh -huh, uh -huh. And we we do have rules though. Like at Thanksgiving dinner, um, I was with my dad's family, and we had we before we sat down, everyone said, "Okay, no politics tonight," because we all there's like half it's so divided. Half the room is Republican, half the room is Bernie supporters. So it gets it gets bloody. That's yeah, that's definitely. We have to draw the line with so, politics in our family. So everybody's like trying to just quietly eat cranberry sauce and stuffing. And there's this quiet tension. Yep. And then all of a sudden your dad is just oh, like, yeah. he wants to tax 70% of my money. And then everybody starts screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I remember once I was on the road with a, another comic. And, uh, you know, when you're a comic and you can get to a level certain level where you can bring openers on the road. And it's nice because you have someone to travel with, but also you're kind of letting someone who's coming up kind of cut their teeth and kind of learn about the next step that they'll be at in a few years. And a friend of mine who was kind of more, I think uh, probably like more libertarian than conservative, but he liked getting mm -hmm. a rise out of people. I was not at a point where I, I had a lot of money. We were in an area that was kind of expensive. So we shared a hotel room and we had the TV on mm -hmm. and there was an episode of Cops and, uh, you know, it was one of these things where they're exploiting people in hard times. So they're like chasing some meth addict who's like trying to hop a fence and they get him and he's like screaming crazy stuff because he's all high. And like my buddy from the other bed just says, Chris, Bernie Sanders wants to take all your money and give it to that guy. And it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. People don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> people don't like that. I like that you're not saying, nah, that's not really what he's about. You're just saying, eh, people, that's that's not a part. Oh, yeah. That's really not what he's about. He's, he never really said that. He just said if, if it comes to that, he would. But people, see, that kind of 
annoys me too. Some people don't understand our tax system. Like we have a progressive tax. So like if you make $200,000, only your $200,000 will be taxed that 70%. The rest of it will be, you know, like if you make the, the first 50,000 will only be taxed, whatever the small amount. And so it's like not 70% of the 200,000 you make is going to be Taxed. Yeah, people need to read more. Know. People need to read more instead people of just need, reacting to Facebook to headlines. Yes. On all sides. Always listen to just headlines. But you know what else is fair to say? I think people on mine and what? your end of the spectrum also need to research the things that make us mad too. I think that's only fair. Yeah. That you're completely right. You need to everyone just needs to know before they say stuff. They need to know everything, including myself. Now, did you and your sister ever pull switcheroo on your parents, or would they know you well enough to not fall for it? No, my parents are like, they could tell us apart the second we were born. They have this weird sense. Well, my mom does. My dad, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> he would always just look to my mom, like, which, which one? And she would know. So you were never tempted if you were getting in trouble for something to try to, like, how could you yell at me? my sister's name oh, yeah, about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of, it was like, um, well, that just makes me think of one instance when, when we were, we used to share a car when we were in high school and it was really dirty one day when my dad went into it and he came back and he said, why is the car so dirty to me? And I said, oh, it was the twin, not me. And then he goes to my twin and goes, why is the card so dirty? And she goes, oh, it was it was her, not me. It was the twin. So we, we would always just blame things on the other one. But that's not a twin thing. I would pull never... shit like that on my brother, too. That's not... I'm talking yeah, more about, right. like, you get caught red-handed doing something, and then you go into a bedroom, oh, change oh. all your clothes and come back and be like, I can't believe Cynthia did that or whatever your sister's name is. Because my brother, I could easily, oh, yeah, well. I remember once my mom was, uh, me and my mom when I was in high school, we were uh, cleaning up together, doing some chores, chit-chatting. And she picked up a thing in the, uh, you know, we had like a basement room where it was like kind of where we would hang out, me and my brother. And she picked something up and a bunch of empty beer cans fell out of it. She was like, what is this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, my brother is really bad. Meanwhile, my brother already was in college. He lived in Philadelphia at the time. I'm like, oh, he must have just stored these here three years ago. Oh, that's weird. And it worked. My mom believed mm -hmm. it because I was the youngest one and her baby. Ah. Yeah. 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 Not much ever happened. We could never really do that. Yeah. Where um, I would say, you know, that was my twin because my parents at least. They That's can always fair. tell us apart. Now, listen, we have less Good. than a minute left. How many hours until you mm -hmm. got to go out here and defend your honor on the golf course? Um, About two and a half hours I have to go out there because I'm on Pacific time. So, yeah, yeah. Two and a half hours. And that, right before that, I'm at, at a, in about 45 minutes, I have to go take a midterm first. So. What are you doing not studying? You're sitting here talking to me about Bernie Sanders and AOC. It's, okay. it's not a math test, well, is it? I know I'm, you're bad at math. I have waited. I've waited a long time to talk to you, Chris. So it's worth it. Don't I'm, worry. I'm glad it went down, but I hope you don't tank your midterm and then uh, 
lose focus with these freshman headhunters because of me. I know, I know. Well, well, I'm really glad I got to talk to you. Um, and don't worry, I studied last night, so <laughs> it'll all be okay. Well, that's good. Good luck in the test. Yeah. Good luck on the field of battle. I hope these freshmen don't take your spot. Thanks, me too. I'll try my hardest. Thank you so much. I hope you don't tank a midterm because you wanted to talk to me about golf. I really hope that that, I don't, uh, I'm going to live with the guilt forever just with the potential that that happened. Thank you so much for calling. It was lovely to talk to you. Thanks to Jared O'Connell. Thanks to Anita Flores. Thanks to Jordan Allen. Thanks to Shell Shag. Want to know more about me? You're on the road. ChrisGuest.com. Go get your tickets for Beautiful Canonymous if you haven't done so already. And if you like the show, one thing you can do to help me, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. A couple years ago, I was hit by a semi. Wow. And in the testing for spinal cord damage, they found lesions in my spinal cord and in my brain. So not only did I not get killed by a semi that hit me at 50 miles an hour, I got diagnosed with MS oh, uh, wow. a month after I got hit. So, <laughs> well, we got it, a lot to talk about. You know. Yeah. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Have you ever needed a doctor late at night or when you're traveling? Teladoc gives you 24-7 access to board-certified doctors anytime, anywhere for non-emergency conditions. Their board-certified doctors can diagnose, treat, and prescribe medication when medically necessary. Teladoc is available through most insurance or employers at $45 or less a visit. Download the app today or visit teladoc.com stories to register today. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C dot com slash stories.